listening to Soul Search Podcast with Ava and Marcella, a podcast dedicated to exploring mental health issues in relation to race, identity, and culture. This meeting is being recorded. Wait, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I didn't, I, that never did that before. <laughs> it's only done that like once before and it didn't happen really? last time. Reason, so interesting i've never heard her i like how she sounds different because mine is like recording in progress and yours is like, yes but anyway okay Mm-mm-mm. hello y'all <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the final episode of yes. soul searches trauma season trauma-based um information and whatnot uh this is this is the end of it all you know we've done five episodes so far this is number six so this will kind of take us through um just what we've talked about and the things that we think folks need to know about resources and figuring out what the next steps are if you've listened or if you're just thinking about seeking help with um your trauma like we've talked about disclaimer this is not a form of therapy at all this is just discussion surrounding mental health and um you know, of course, the season being trauma, it's a lot more, it's kind of like a heavier um, topic. Yes. And I think it's, it's more delicate too, when you think of like referrals and resources, because you do want to find someone who is informed and it's not, I guess, as easy as, okay, let's go to you know, one of those online um, subscription services where you Mm -hmm. have like, you know, a little, (laughs) 20 minute text check-in or something like that not to knock that that's very helpful but that yields yeah that's a different approach so yeah I agree with you it's it's heavier but it's also it's just it's more delicate and you want to be mindful of the steps you take when looking for trauma help Mm -hmm. it's like a, a diligence thing I've actually had like that maybe like twice I think I'm thinking twice that's happened where I've had someone come to me for therapy and they did do like better help or talk space Mm -hmm. or like one of the um online Mm -hmm. you know easily accessible therapy platforms um and their own therapists that they like were assigned will tell them you need to like go see someone where you have access to someone in person and I think that's cool too because I think they they probably do have like training um as to like what types of things, you know, you can work on, on that type of platform. Like, you know, if you're having emotional distress, things like that, probably like day-to-day trying to get things situated, maybe more solution focused, like less um, delicate issues, then it could be probably really beneficial to do that. But whenever it's something like trauma or like any type of trauma that takes a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of like um, technique, it is definitely great to start with like seeing a therapist in office virtually mm-hmm. and really looking at the different methods that they use. Um, like we've talked about before mm-hmm. on the show, like we didn't go into great detail, but um, a lot of folks do have trauma based training. Some people go all the way out and, you know, like do this very thorough um, research and and CEUs and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like folks kind of have their own setup with trauma, but most of us with our training, just being in school, we're given the opportunity to know um, trauma is something that we have to be 
very patient with like most things but Mm -hmm. trauma is one of those ones where like you got to use all them brain cells you know Mm -hmm. and really be mindful like you said and take your time with how you go about treatment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes and so I think if you want to look for a trauma therapist and you think you have trauma some good first steps would be to research the therapists in your area who are certified um, clinical trauma professionals um, cctp that's a really common certification Mm that will kind of indicate that someone um, works with trauma Um, if you go on a website like psychology today or well, that's really the most popular one. And that's the one I always send people to. Um, in each therapist yeah. bio, it should, they, they are able to detail what kind of work they do. And so reading through that and kind of getting a sense of what kind of work they're doing, a lot of them will say trauma informed, or I work with trauma, or I do EMDR or brain spotting, or um, mm-hmm. what's the other one? Um, oh my goodness. It's, it's slipping my mind. It's a, um, not emotional. Oh my goodness. It's like oh. a experiential. I can't remember what it's called. Somatic. Okay. Somatic. That's what it is. Okay. Somatic experience, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's another that'll kind I of see that one it. often though. That's why I was no, like, and I think it's more popular in other areas of the country. Okay. Um, not so much with us, but um uh, you know, places like California mm-hmm. and Austin kind of a little bit more, you know, the people who get to things first. Um, But seeing things like that, those phrases can be indicators that this person is informed, you know, uh, on how to treat trauma, they have that that lens that's needed. And so looking for things like that, asking therapists, um, you know, what their what their training has been in? Um, Do they work with PTSD? Or um, if you yeah, it, adjacent related issues to trauma. That could be um, a mood disorder. That could be a personality disorder. That could be um, if you have like a, a chronic illness, sometimes that's related to trauma. So asking those types of questions can give you the insight of, is this person going to be a good fit for me? Um, mm-hmm. Like Ava said earlier, going to something like a better help or a talk space, wonderful. And hopefully they will refer you if they think that's needed. But sometimes, and this is terrible, I think it's just the way our country works, sometimes just because someone's the most accessible doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that's what you need. Um, And so having a bit of a vetting process, and unfortunately, a lot of trauma therapists are quite busy. Um, You know, they're, they're, they're not as easily accessible as maybe people who aren't as trained, right? Right. So um, just keep that in mind, it may be a process, you may have to be on a waiting list, and that's okay. Um, If you put yourself on a waiting list, you know, ask for that time frame and see if that's something that that will work for you. Um, so psychology today and looking for those key phrases, I think is a great, great first step. Absolutely. And also too, something that I think some, some therapists make it a point to really take into account consultations and things like that. Like that's something that I've been a lot more mindful of here lately, just with clients coming to me for various issues. I think a lot of clients may read your bio on psychology today or read your information and, and see like, oh, I think this person will be a good fit, you know, all of that. And, you know, there have been plenty of moments where, you know, clients will try or 
potential clients will say, okay, I have a consultation with you type of thing. I see it on my schedule and I'll talk to them and kind of see like, what is it that's really going on? Because uh, we kind of have a duty as therapists to really like think about, okay, is this in my scope? Mm -hmm. Am I able to take this on? Is this something that I'm going to do no harm, do no, you know, all those things, ask yourself those ethical questions, Mm -hmm. because a lot of therapists, one thing to consider therapists, counselors, we're people too. We have experiences, we have things that, you know, we go through throughout our lives, like, and sometimes that counter transference or transference may happen in some instances when it comes to traumatic based issues. That's why some counselors don't really delve into the trauma things, you know, mm-hmm. others may have gone through something traumatic and they do the, do the work and they do the research, they do the training and they're ready. And they're like, this is my passion. This is what I want to work with. So just really asking your counselors certain questions that are going to help you to know, okay, is this person capable of taking this on mm-hmm. you and them knowing that's kind of their duty. That's our duty as therapists yes. to, to listen and say and you just being clear about what it is that you have going on um you know being knowledgeable about the fact that I think I may have some traumatic you know childhood experiences that I haven't talked about or I went through this traumatic event or this event happened I'm not really sure if it's trauma that kind of thing letting them know and it's also okay to see a counselor maybe like once or twice and and decide maybe this ain't the one Right. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that you said it's on the therapist to really it's be able on the to therapist. get that clinical feedback mm-hmm. and have that clinical judgment on if this is going to be a good fit or not. Yeah. And I think something else to consider in your journey for looking for a therapist is, are there any other issues going on? Like I said earlier, you know, is there a mood disorder? Is there a personality mm-hmm. disorder? Is there substance use? Is Was it a sexual trauma? All those mm-hmm. things are going to inform whether or not the therapist is able to start working with you or not. Because if you are using, um, you know, take abusing pills, let's Mm -hmm. say, let's say you you do have trauma, you know, and and that could look a certain way, but then to cope, maybe you're taking pills, um, drinking alcohol, whatever that looks like, that therapist may say, hey, we need to get you into substance use treatment, and then we can look at all this stuff. So just know it may not be as easy as, okay, I'm on someone's couch, and now we get to talk about all these things. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some other factors at play, and um, and hopefully you're ready and trusting of the professionals around you so that you listen to their feedback and you're able to like let them guide you in that process and that you're a willing participant. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, trauma work in general is going to have, it's going to may take a while, not all of it. If it was a car accident or something that's a little more, maybe not quite as nuanced, that may not take forever and ever. You may not be in therapy for years mm-hmm. for that. Other things, you may be in therapy for years and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But being able to ready yourself of, hey, this is a process. This is not going to be a sprint. Right. So, um, so thinking about that too, what else are you bringing to the table that your therapist needs to be aware of and being honest about that? Because I can't yes. tell you how many times I've worked with people where sometimes we're working together for a few months and then some new information comes to light. And I'm like, wow, this would have been really good to know All from the time. And sometimes we get scared and that's Mm -hmm. okay, but you need to be honest and open Mm -hmm. with your therapist as much as you can be, even if it's scary. Um, Mm -hmm. Like Ava said, it's the job of the therapist to Mm -hmm. take the lead and help you through that and to have those honest and open discussions like of where, you know, hey, we need to pay attention to this or hey, ooh, I'm not really trained in that. We might need to refer you for that. Right. 
right exactly like some of us may not have the training in certain certain like um treatment techniques that are very effective for folks with um trauma related issues of all kinds like I don't have any training in I mean I've learned about um brain spotting like I went you know to the training at Southeastern Mm -hmm. at one time and I was like oh this is cool like you know those types of things um but like something like EMDR and like you know just all the different things that you had listed and then various other things that come into play Mm -hmm. you know you could do some more creative work um and that can be very helpful for for clients you know it all depends on who you're working with but of course like we kind of do the part of scoping things out seeing how you feel about things seeing when it's time to look at certain things you know like you said um a lot of clients you may see them for months and then like you learn something new and it's like wait a minute yes we got more work to do (laughs) yeah we got more work to do you know um and therapy is not, therapy is not meant to be an easy experience all the time. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are like, right. there's this conception of like, okay, therapy, of course, like, yes, advocate for it, scream it from the mountaintops, let people know like, hey, therapy's great. But knowing too, the realistic side of it all is there are a lot of difficult moments in therapy. There are probably going to be moments where you might leave and be like, oh, I'm kind of mad at her. <laughs> Or that was tough. That was really hard for me to talk about. Um, and it's it's one on us, you know, to kind of gauge all of that and really be observant. That's our job is to observe and be clear and ask those questions. But for you, like Marcella said, being clear whenever that time comes up, if you notice something is feeling away, maybe mm-hmm. even just telling your therapist, like, oh, I think something's like happening with me not really sure what it is and slowly but surely you'll get to that point where you feel you know good and of course rapport building is super important you know like for for us to consider and then for you as as people who are seeking therapists you have to think about like do I click with this person does this feel like someone that I could really like bear a lot of difficult experiences in my life too. Like, could I tell them all of this? Would I feel comfortable with that? And that is completely on you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, to find someone that fits. Like I, I really, <laughs> when, when folks are just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna stick with them because I started with them. You don't have to, you know, no. Um, no. you, you want to get, you know, what you need. And, um, and that relationship is so important. The relationship is key. It is key to your therapeutic process. You feeling that you can open up to someone, a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, of course, people have the training, we have the education, we got the degrees mm-hmm. for it. Um, that's one thing. But, you know, what might fit for your friend may not fit for you. And something else to consider, too, is I think on the flip side of that, of if part of your experiences in life make it difficult to trust people, then and if you're aware of that, then not letting that deter you from sticking mm-hmm. with a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it goes to the other side one, of it. Yep. I'm one, glad you don't said that. With someone just because you started with them, like Ava mm-hmm. said, don't, you know, don't feel like if it's really not working for you and you are not getting what you need, you do not have to stay in that because that just could be prolonging the really work, the Mm. good work you need to do. Right. And then on the flip side, if you know, Hey, I tend to run away when things get hard. Hey, I tend to cut off people because Mm -hmm. I can't trust easily. Um, they, they they're challenging me and I don't know if I want to be challenged. Well, 
hey, you're entering therapy for a reason. So maybe you need to stick it out with that therapist and see how it goes. But also hopefully being honest of, you know, when you said that to me, it made me feel this way, or I didn't like it when we did this. And being able to talk about that with your therapist, and hopefully that'll help build your relationship and build your trust. Oh, yeah. So gosh, this is all so complex and nuanced. It is. I'm glad you said that. Right. And then and, you know, so we're talking about these kind of higher end, I guess, um, trainings like EMDR, brain spotting, somatic experiencing. Um, other things to consider, too, are like mindfulness exercises yes. and, and people who are trained in mindfulness things, like whether that's like meditation practices or yoga, like that can mm-hmm. be a nice entry to trauma work. Um, even CBT therapists, cognitive um, behavioral therapists, mm-hmm. that, you know, they if they market themselves that way, if you look and see what trainings they've done, maybe they can still be trauma informed. So it doesn't have to always be the kind of more, right. I guess, cutting edge interventions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Even though I, I advocate for those interventions, I think people should pursue those and, and those need to be more accessible in my mm-hmm. opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're unable to afford an EMDR therapist, but you found this like cognitive behavioral therapist who has that clinical trauma professional certification and they have all these other trainings hey that might be the place to start and if you need something more or different they should recommend that um so it doesn't have to all just look one way not at all and knowing what you're ready for um and you know when you when you mentioned the other side of the coin like very true because I've had clients come to me and tell me you're number three yeah you're number four (laughs) over the course of how however long Mm-hmm. I tried it before here. This happened, didn't work out. I tried it here. And sometimes that can be a moment for your therapist to take, and that's a more on the therapy side, the, the, the counselor side, to take a moment to really unpack that with you. Yeah. That's what I like to do in those moments. Right. I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. What do you think yeah. that, that that's, that's giving? What is that telling you? Yeah. What types of things are coming up for you when you think about that? Then we bring up like trust or not wanting to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, uh, struggling with like denying things, you know, things like that. It's, it's such a, it's such a beautiful process. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a beautiful process, but I agree with you. Like the, the less, I guess, um, like you said, those specialized, mm-hmm. big cutting edge, Ooh, mm-hmm. techniques mm-hmm. where you're doing some unique things. Right. Um, it could be the most basic mm-hmm. techniques mm-hmm. and methods that, that mm-hmm. can really make an impact. Mm-hmm. um because some of us may like talk therapy is powerful it is right um, right on its own and mm-hmm. so that being approached in a way where you know the puzzle pieces kind of coming together and, it, and it's doing what it needs to do I'm a huge believer in that the relationship is the biggest therapeutic you know intervention or whatever however you want to call it and mm-hmm. so you know, if I have a person who isn't interested in brain spotting or things like that, then my hope is, okay, let's use this relationship to hopefully create some healing. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can do experiential activities like art and um, uh, empty chair techniques and yeah. um, just bringing vulnerability into the session. And I've seen, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, then I've had clients be like, you know what, Marcel, like I'm done, like I'm good. Like we're, I'm, I've, I feel, and maybe they'll come to therapy again in the future, whether right. 
right. someone else. Mm-hmm. But those those things can be as healing if I think, especially if that therapist is intentional, right? Like if they know you and they have a sense of what's going on, you don't necessarily need all of these other things. Now, I think those things are helpful. I think those things need to be considered. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not necessarily like it has to be this one way, especially when money comes into play, right? Yes. We, not everyone can afford those types of therapists. Insurance doesn't always cover that. And so I think that's something else to think about. Do your research, you know, do, do your, your research, research. Mm-hmm. Um, see who was in your area, who is trained in certain things, schedule a consultation, ask if they do free, disc- uh, free consultations or discounted consultations. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll give you like, Hey, yeah, only charge, you know, 30 bucks for a, you know, 30 minute consultation or something like that. Right. Ask right. Those questions so that way um, you're not jumping into something that maybe isn't a good fit and then your money's gone because mm. mm-hmm. that can and, deter someone from the process. Oh yeah. Like I've, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of folks, like it's knowing what you can take on to mm-hmm. in each moment. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. never really like a, a, an inappropriate time for therapy, but right. sometimes, you know, we, we may not be in the space where it's time for us to really unpack those things. Like it, it's mm-hmm. helpful too, but also knowing, like, I sometimes I ask clients, like, are you ready, you know, to really look at this? Because we're going to look at it pretty intensely. Are you really ready for this? Um, especially those clients that I know mm-hmm. um, struggle with trust, struggle with being clear about things, maybe like try to deter themselves from going a little deeper. Um, asking those reassuring questions is really important. And not every therapist is going to do that. You know, some of us may need a more direct like all right we looking at this some people are more in that space everybody has their own style you just have to know what is fitting for you but also know what your hang-ups are when it comes to the comfortability yeah that's the thing I think that's how we mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's 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 you got to look at both um kind of like with kids and teachers you know some some kids get bad grades and they're like oh that teacher doesn't like me <laughs> and it's like no baby you just didn't do your work that right. kind of thing you know that that's something no, that that's happens totally. and and I think you you said two things that I think are so true where you said therapy is not always comfortable it's actually Ooh. quite the opposite a lot of times and then two there's not always this perfect window of time to start therapy and so mm-hmm. I think knowing that it's it's an investment it's a challenge it's therapy is supposed to be safe, but not always comfortable because when we are growing and healing that sometimes requires like, you know, really a lot of emotional work and deep work. And, um, I don't say that to scare anyone off. It's just, that is what is called for sometimes. Absolutely. And so I think people just knowing that it's not necessarily, okay, we're going to sit and chat and then, you know, three months, all of these issues are going to go away. Even with someone who doesn't identify as having trauma, that's not necessarily the case. Yes. Yes. No, that's real. Because it doesn't necessarily have to look like you have a traumatic situation or multiple experiences that you have to unpack. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of us, like we've talked about over time, like really knowing how to identify your trauma Mm -hmm. can be kind of difficult for folks too. And some of us, you know, may think that we don't have any, and then you get in there and you notice that there's something Um, because trauma can look 
a billion ways. So it's like, and you have to consider, you know, when I'm going into this room or I'm starting this, you know, chat or this call, not chat, but like, you know, a call with my therapist doing this video, um, I may have an idea of what I'm walking into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you may walk Mm -hmm. into things that could be a little, you know, eye-opening, alarming. Um, Mm -hmm. And I always encourage folks to let, like, let your therapist know whenever the report is built or even in the beginning, Mm -hmm. this is hard. I'm Mm -hmm. having a hard time because one thing that is helpful whenever you are doing trauma work um, is finding a way to regroup before the session is completely over like if you can there are moments where it's just like oh you got two minutes like and you're trying to figure out how to piece things together before things end um but if there is time to kind of get to a space because if you felt like your your heart rate was a little rapid during the session you have like you know you've been crying you have a lot of emotions in the moment finding a way thinking about that because that was something for me when I was in therapy where I had to think about okay, that was like, I have a lot of thoughts and the Mm -hmm. session's over. I can't go back and be like, Hey, can we finish this? Like, or can we wrap this up and make me feel better? It's not always going to be like that. So you kind of have to find ways and maybe even asking your therapist too. Like Mm -hmm. if you do have a hard session, next time you go in, say, you know, I struggled after this session, just be those types of things. That's kind of examples Mm -hmm. of what we mean by just being forthcoming. Yes. Yes. And open open to get the best out of your experience as you can. Um, Because trauma work is intense. You know, any type of counseling can be intense. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you're doing trauma work, it can be very, it's a lot of layers to it all. Um, And so being mindful of that before going in, you know, as Mm -hmm. best you can. And I also want to touch base again on like, accessing mm-hmm. therapist um just some other ways if you really don't know where to begin if for some reason psychology today isn't helping you find what you need um you can always call your insurance if you have insurance they should know the providers in your area and you can kind of start there a lot yes. of people forget that um but mm-hmm. if you have an insurance card and you have mental health coverage or even if you're not sure if you have mental health coverage calling your insurance provider letting them know kind of what's going on. Hey, I'm looking for a therapist. What would y'all cover? You know, do you know the providers in this area? Can you give me that list? Can you email that to me? And then um, asking, you know, hey, would I pay a copay? What does all that look like? Um, Because that that can be a nice way to kind of better ensure that you're not going out of your network. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like Mm -hmm. to recommend that to clients, um, who I need to refer out things like that. And then another, um, another means of maybe finding out more information in your area is consulting with your primary care doctor. Yes. Cause a lot, a lot of times, and we've talked about this trauma will be, um, more physical than Mm -hmm. mental and we don't even know it's trauma. So if something's going on to where you're like, I have reoccurring nightmares or I, you know, am dissociating at work all the time and I am just not present. I'm not in my body. I don't know what's going on. That could be a trauma response. And so going to your primary care, kind of explaining what's going on and, you know, discussing with them the possibility of, I don't know if this is a mental health issue. Do you have any referrals for me? Do y'all refer to anyone who also takes the, your, you know, the same insurance? Yeah. Um, or do you have any trusted providers that you've worked closely with? 
that can be a nice way of finding some people in your area who your doctor knows. Um, or maybe they can say, yeah, I know the psychiatrist, they can give you an evaluation and maybe then at least you can get a diagnosis and yeah. then seek treatment. You know, hey, I've been recently diagnosed but with this. And then you can better narrow down your search of therapists who work with that issue. So there's no one way of mm-hmm. finding a therapist. I know it can feel really daunting, um, but those are some nice ways to kind of open that door. I think the more you start advocating for yourself with your the professionals in your life, but also yes. maybe friends and family, you never know who knows someone who can work with you. And like, hey, I went through that too. Yes, call this person or my friend's a therapist. Here you go. Like, you know, so it's all about that advocacy component and looking into and kind of thinking out of the box. But I like recommending those ways so people um can get easy, like, um, yeah, get that easier connection with someone. Yes. I'm, I'm glad you said that too. Cause I've had to do that a few times where I'm like, maybe talk to your doctor, Yes, yes. you know, about certain things, both mm-hmm. ways, because like we've talked about throughout this series, mm-hmm. um, in this season, body, mind mm-hmm. connected. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like there are things happening. And so Sometimes there are things that I can't fully, fully address. Like I can recommend things and be like, Hey, have you seen your primary care physician lately about this? Like, you know, this may be something to talk to them about. Um, And, you know, just, just kind of opening yourself up to all the different people that could be a part of your support network professionally and figuring out what it is that you need as far as treatment goes. Um, Another thing too. So there are a lot of I wouldn't say, you know what, let me backtrack because I don't know if there are a lot, but I'm learning more about like various directories for people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's something that's really important to you, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you go through some type of racial trauma, Mm -hmm. um, you know, cultural based stuff, Mm -hmm. definitely seeing if there is a therapist that, you know, may, for a lot of people, I'm noticing that where it's like, I would like to see a black woman because I am a black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, or I would like to see someone who maybe like has children because I have children or someone who can kind of understand these different Mm -hmm. things. It can be helpful to Mm -hmm. seek out certain directories that may have, you know, folks listed there that, um, are not ready to shy away from those things. Like we're definitely ready to talk about, you know, black issues or mm-hmm. Latinx mm-hmm. issues or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, or if you would prefer to see a woman, it's okay to be like, yeah, I'm gonna go see a woman. <laughs> if you would, if you are a man and you would rather see a man, it is yeah. totally your preference and your prerogative mm-hmm. to say, Hey, I'm having this issue as a man. Mm-hmm. I would like to go see a man. Um, mm-hmm. or if you're a man and you like, Hey, I like talking to women better. Let me go see this. Um, this woman yeah. that makes me give, gives me this motherly feel, mm-hmm. uh, definitely do that. Um, but there are also a lot of resources surrounding like funding for mental health counseling. If you need them, definitely using the Google, any search engine. There was one that I found out about probably like two, two or three years ago called the Loveland foundation for um, black women and girls. Um, you literally just like fill out a form saying what it is that's happening. And, and I've had clients whose sessions have been paid for, like four sessions are paid for fully by the Loveland Foundation. If you struggle with like, you know, if you're trying to get your finances in order, if you don't have insurance, if you're trying to figure out, you know, how to save things like that, um, 
going through places like that. And there are probably other ones out there, other things, just looking into like getting resourceful with that. Um, I think therapy should be a lot more affordable for folks, you know, in, in many different avenues and things like that. But, you know, um, it's, it's hard out here <laughs> when it comes yeah, to sometimes you have to work with within the system and hopefully, yeah. you know, y'all are hearing this and kind of have a better sense of where to start and, and what mm-hmm. can be, a, yeah, what can be a benefit to you financially, because we know that you know, we can advocate for therapy all day long. That doesn't mean you can afford it. And so mm-hmm. just kind of look at those, those things, but um, yeah, I hope, I hope this was helpful. And uh, I, I think, yeah, I think looking at those different things we've suggested, um, Hey, if y'all have questions, email us, we're happy to you know, yes. help. Um, obviously, if it's a more, if you're wanting us to answer a question about your personal life, we can't really help with that. But in, se- in the sense of, hey, y'all talked about psychology today. Tell me more. We can absolutely help with that. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that those are usually that the steps. Like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's been helpful. I hope so too. I think like this was kind of a shorter one to kind of wrap things up and really just kind of put a little cherry on top when it comes to the steps that can be taken. Definitely asking a lot of questions. There's no dumb questions when it comes to finding a therapist. It's just like very important for you to really reflect on what it is that you need and and be honest with yourself and maybe even like if you have a friend who goes to a therapist talk to them about their experience if you know people that have gone and you haven't been before definitely talking to your friend about what it looks like because for a lot of us especially in communities of color we don't it's not super it's getting better you know Um, but it can be such a mystifying thing. So yes, talking to friends is huge. Talking to friends or right. even like mentors. There's a lot of folks out there that have been to therapy that you may not know have been. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's your business. If you want to tell people you've been, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. Um, right. So yeah, definitely hope that was helpful for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I just Googled therapy fund um, organizations and things. And there's a few yeah. out there. Like if you just Google and just see if things are legit, um ask the questions that's something I kind of want to look into too because I've had clients who've had like insurance-based issues and things and I'm like look hit up the love land if you can you know things like that um so yeah so are we ready for our next yes. segment yes. our last Be- little soul food sprinkle sprinkle yeah. what's feeding our souls mm. Um, I have something, but if you would like to go first, what do you have? Well, I, gosh, I feel like I could do a few different things, but the first thing that came to mind, because I just love this kind of stuff, you know, I always talk about reality TV shows, but oh. of course I had to binge watch Love is Blind. Have you seen that at all? Okay. So my very best friend, Tierra Cyrus, has been in my ear about often Love about Blind. it. And she's like, I need yeah. you to watch this show. Like this season is so... Yeah. Okay. No. Yes. Well, I really just enjoy it. Well, in the first season, I really, really liked because it was new and it was fresh and something, you know, just something new to watch. And I love this kind of like dating social mm-hmm. experience. Um, who knows how produced these things are? But I just I love watching it with that kind. But of, you can't watch things without a clinical lens sometimes, you know. And and so That's I hard. love seeing why do people connect with one another? And so the whole premise is. 
Um, they meet on blind dates in these pods. So they don't see each other. They just talk to each other through a wall. And then if they fall in love, they have the option to get That's engaged. Right. And then once they get engaged, they can meet in person and then they decide if they want to cut. Well, most of them make it, they go through this whole process of like a honeymoon and um, meeting their families and kind of spending some more time together, living together. And then they get to the wedding day and they decide, and they decide, do they want to get married? And so um, it's a completely full of drama, all that stuff. But um, I, it's just fun to watch and just to kind of try to see why do these people like each other? Why do they feel connected? It, and then when they meet in person, how much that physical appearance mm. does cool and how some people are in denial about that too. And, you know, cause they'll say, oh yeah, like, you know, yes, I'm so excited to be engaged. And then like, you can see on their face, like they didn't look how they expected them to look. And uh, so it's, it's interesting, that. of course it's drama fields, but I just love seeing humans interact and okay. like, it's a, and then there's some lovely people on the show too, where you're just like, oh my gosh, they really came here with pure intentions and just want love and want connection and like watching them kind of go through that process. And then of course there's like villain type characters where, you know, you mm-hmm. want to and all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I just love that kind of stuff. I think it's so entertaining. I could watch it all day long. So that has, is what's feeding my soul. Not super deep, but fun. Yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> no, I feel you. I haven't gotten into it yet because I want to give it the attention that I want to, because the mm-hmm. first season I was very wrapped up into that. Um, and I think it's sweet that a couple of the couples are still together. Like I know, um, gosh, what are their names? Marcella, Lauren and. Lauren, oh my gosh. Lauren and like Clark or I don't even know. He, they're sweet. They're, that was they're really sweet. Cute. And then there's another one, Amber and Barnett, who I think people mm-hmm. are a little not, they don't root for them as much. Yeah. People love I remember that. Husband. They like. What is that man's them. name? I, I, I'm sorry to this man. It's I know this like man's face. Me. I hope I'm right. I think it's something with a C. I think so too. But they were sweet the whole time. Like the whole process with them was so cute to me. Um, and the Cameron, Lauren and Cameron. I was right. I was right. I knew it was something like Clark or Craig, Cameron. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes, people are obsessed with them. Lauren and, and they're adorable. Yes, I love them. And they want to have a baby now. I saw that broke news. People are all excited because they want to try for a baby. Oh, that's sweet. They want to have, they want to expand their family. Um, super cute. Oh. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to get into it. There's a show I wanted to tell you about. Have you seen on HBO Max, My Mom, Your Dad? Mm-mm. Marcella, you would love it. If you like these dating okay. shows. They, meet, they set up their parents. Oh my goodness. It's like, like 20 somethings, teenagers. Like I think the youngest guy on there, the youngest kid is like maybe 19 or 18. Okay. Um, and they bring a parent, a single parent, their divorcees, most of them. And um, <laughs> they come into this house, right? And Yvonne Orji hosts it which is cute. So she's like very exuberant and like loud and like, Oh, y'all look at him. Like the, the dads, the moms, it's really cute. Like they had, and then you get to see the kids bond with their parents, okay. but they drop their mom or dad off at this nice house. <laughs> then they go, the parents don't know, right? This is what's so cool about it. The parents don't know that like their kids are going to be at a house, like down the street watching them. 
on screens. Like the kids stay in a house too. And they're like kind of getting to choose certain things that happen. Like if the mom and dad are set up on a date, um, my mom and your dad are going to be sitting there like doing their little date and stuff. And then they'll be like, oh, you can choose to manipulate things, but you have to do it on this condition. So they do all these crazy things in their house. It's super sweet. And they had like a couple of connections. It was really interesting seeing like the parents and the kids. And it was a really sweet show. And it, it I loved it. I loved it. I watched oh, it in like a week. Okay. I'll have to look at that. that I think you cute. would like it. And it, just seeing the old, and they're all older people. They're all like in their forties. Mm-hmm. So it's like forties mm-hmm. and fifties and they hadn't been in relationships since all, so long. And the kids are like, I mean, I haven't seen my mom like in a relationship oh, since this, or my really mom, mm-hmm. my mom is so eager to find a man. She's dating these guys. There was one boy and he was like, she's getting on my nerves. Like, I love my mom. She's a great woman, but she wants love so bad that she lets these men in her life. Like, it's just interesting to see the kids have insight Mm -hmm. and understanding of their parents' situations in a way that their parents don't even see it. Right. Very cool. Um, Yes. I'm gonna have to get into love and love is blind though. I started it yesterday and then Oliver started kind of like, yeah. And I was like, let me go put him down for a nap because (laughs) I can't, I can't do it. Um, okay, good. So What's been, what's been feeding yours? What's been feeding muscle? Mm. Okay, so podcasts and things. There's this podcast I've been listening to for years called The Friend Zone. Okay. And it's these three, I guess you could say, are they influencers? I mean, kind of. Um, Dustin Ross, Francesca, um, Medina, and asante i can't remember asante's last name but they're like friends they're part of a friend group and this week the podcast released an episode about like positive parenting right so i was like i've been seeing things pop up on like because i do get on the tiktok i do indulge here and there and like parenting things come up and i haven't really been like a let me learn about how to be a parent. Like right. I've kind of always known kind of what I want to be like as a parent, but as the kids get older, as my son gets older and then, it, then welcoming another child, I'm like, okay, all right, what am I going to do with these kids? This episode opened my mind to so much. And it was just about like, what is positive parenting? What types of child rearing things do you do? How, what do you want to teach your kids? I loved it. And so I've been diving into that a lot, just like over the past week, just looking at things and like uh, scrolling, learning about what it is, like what types of practices mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's super empowering just for me to learn about how people mm-hmm. like take care of their kids and mm-hmm. the types of lessons and things. Mm-hmm. And I've been into like writing letters again to, to my new baby because I wrote letters for Oliver. I have him a little box. Mm-hmm. So with, with my baby girl, I'm going to write her letters too. Yeah. Um, and that's been cool just about like, you know, what, what I want for her, what I hope she feels and things like that in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's that's one but then also kind of in line with this episode because I remembered I wanted to talk about this weeks ago um did we ever talk about the holistic psychologist on here yes I think so I know me and you have talked about them we've talked about her yeah so this book here (laughs) how to do the work by Dr. Nicole LaPera is that her that's her and one of my close friends who's on a therapy journey told me about this book and I had seen like the posts and things pop up 
um, on social media, like folks mm-hmm. will share things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, very insightful. Ooh. Mm-hmm. This book covers a lot with trauma, just kind of as an added resource for you guys. I've started yeah. it. And just looking at the chapters, I'm like, oh, okay. And then just the videos that I'll see on um, the Instagram account, like just explaining all these different things about inner child work, Mm -hmm. all these different things about Mm -hmm. attachment and Mm -hmm. mind and body. There's a chapter on mind and body healing practices that you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. We'll also bring into therapy and like asking a therapist about Um, breath work. It just covers so much. Um, It's super cool. And of course, like, you know, if therapy is something that's in in your scope right now, definitely mm-hmm. think about that. But sometimes like even reading and having information for yourself is helpful and like bringing it to mm-hmm. your therapist and say, you know, I'm reading this book and like, this is what's going on. And um, this is what I've been thinking about after reading this chapter about inner child work or mm-hmm. um, trauma body. I mean, when I tell you, <laughs> she breaks it all down and I love an all-inclusive book. I do. I really like her. Her posts are so like, they're so informative and they, she makes it very um, understandable for people. So I'm so glad that there's this book that mm-hmm. kind of covers it. Cause she really, I mean, she puts a lot out there. So I can only imagine that uh, what's in the book. I'm sure it's so, so helpful. Um, I'm glad she did that. I really like her. I really, really like her, um, her, her content yeah the mm-hmm. content is just like very fruitful even mm-hmm. for therapists you know or for anyone yeah. oh, just like looking time. I'm like my goodness and when I when he told me about the book um he was like I'm learning so much about myself through reading this book and things like that mm-hmm. he was like I think you would love it be one because you're a counselor and one because you're you because I love things like this mm-hmm. and the chapters just so you could know like I was mentioning um she has a chapter about the conscious self and becoming aware, like becoming aware mm-hmm. of what's going on within yourself. Cause a lot of us kind of just go through life, not really thinking about things until a certain point. And then she has like this breakdown of trauma theories, um, the trauma body, mind and body healing, the power of belief, you know, for people who are going through certain processes and it may be helpful to have like certain belief systems meet your inner child like she's breaking down like have you ever thought about that little girl in there like that little boy um ego stories that's a chapter I'm ready to read trauma bonds which is something I hear thrown around a lot um here lately with trauma-based stuff just on social media people talking about you know they're bonding through their trauma trauma bonding all of that but really knowing what that means and what that looks like um reparenting fave (laughs) I love that whole term yeah just the whole everything surrounding that like the little research I have done I'm like oh we need more of this Mm -hmm. emotional maturity interdependence and it's just like the way that she writes is so captivating and it makes you want to continue to learn like I love it meditation based stuff so that's another one that's been feeding my soul here lately when I get a chance to read I'm like I feel like I'm Mm -hmm not often do you get like a really good book where you're like, Ooh, I feel like I'm like learning as a, as a person yeah, about myself. But I also feel like this is going to help me to inform my work in the future. Um, you know, in the near future, hopefully, because most of my clients do have some type of trauma. Yeah. So that kind of thing. That's, that's oh mine. Thank you for sharing both of those. I love yeah. that. I'm, I'm going to have to look at that when I'm 
able to girl I've just been reading like Harry Potter I can't read I love the Potter people okay because your girl (laughs) never got into it I love it Education right now. Fun, yeah. Yes, you need that. When when I'm ready, that can be. I have a list. Um, But okay, this I guess wraps it up, and we will talk to y'all soon. Yes, something new. new. Next season will be Mm -hmm. something different. And if, you know, we're going to be back on the social medias or, you know, like Mm -hmm. by the time this one releases, like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all going to see us a little more. So, um, you know, if you have thoughts about, you know, we'll ask that. I think that would be cool to Mm -hmm. ask, like, what types of things do you want discussed? You know, let us Mm -hmm. know. Um, We're all out here learning about ourselves. So definitely, definitely let us know if you have an idea. All right. All righty, y'all. That wraps trauma season. Y'all take care. Drink water. Rest and whatnot. Stay safe. All of that. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.